preparing, recording. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mad Maniac, as always, for that awesome intro. Alrighty, guys. Um, be sure to check out our YouTube launch. That launches the same day the podcast launches at the same time. So, you know, listen to it when you're doing something where you can't watch it or watch it when you're doing something you can't listen to. Who knows? But welcome to Fight Cusp, the lovely little show where me, Mixie Plum, and my best friend, Dave Aronson. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good enough cue? I forgot to give you the finger. Our cues I are giving that. each other the finger. Yeah. You know? No, so. when you... When you that was good. I, I knew to say hello at that point. It was clear. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, today on Fight Cusp, uh, our episode is called Who, uh, let me, let me try to sing like him. Who wants to live forever? No, that was awful. I am not Freddie Mercury. Well, you're a female. You'll never sound like Freddie Mercury. I could sing We Are the Champions really well. I'm and sure you can. And you can and sing a lot of love. things really well. You could probably sing every Queen song, but it's, it's just not going to sound like Freddie. No one's going to sound like Freddie. Freddie is, is the best singer ever, 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 ever. Yeah, he's my favorite. He's ever going to sound like Freddie. Even people who sound like Freddie won't be Freddie, and they don't sound like Freddie. Right. Well, he definitely, he's definitely one of my favorite rock vocalists. He's way exactly. up there. Amazing. Freddie, 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 Freddie. Yeah. So, uh, uh, this episode is more in the line of tragic deaths. We, um, I'm sure Dave as well as me, I'm a huge LGBTQIA supporter ever since I was a kid and I met my first gay man at age six. Uh -huh. uh, it was in elementary school. It was a teacher. Kids were making fun of him. And I remember being inflamed as one can be at six years old. And thinking, yeah, I stood up to my the kids who picked on me. I'm like, leave him alone. And that was the beginning of my illustrious hag life. <laughs> good for so you. I'll leave at that. What? Yeah. I said, good for you. That was really a cool thing to do for a little kid. I know, right? I realized that injustice is my uh, biggest thing, and yeah. um, gender queer rights are have been my cause for decades now. But anyway, I'm not going to go into details on that. Yeah. So we wanted to do a tragic death episode about centered on HIV and AIDS awareness. We picked Freddie Mercury because. He's Freddie fucking Mercury. Everyone loves Freddie Mercury. And then we did something really interesting, and we both have connections to this. We did Keith Haring. Um, just to give you a breakdown about Keith Haring real quickly, he uh, moved to New York in the late 70s when I was born, and he was doing subway art in the 80s. And when I was about three or four years old, my dad would take me on the subway and the New York, the New York, New York in the eighties to me as a kid was the most magical place in the world. The, the subways were huge metal snakes full of color and, and names and, and art and spray paint. 
and all the walls in the subway were decorated. And I, I saw a lot of Keith Haring's. I mean, in my kid brain, I didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good memory for me, you know. So tell tell the audience what happened after that to Keith. Oh, he killed himself. No, no, no. I don't know much about Keith Haring. You left out the part where he was discovered and had his work in galleries selling for thousands of dollars. Oh, but that's your department because I'm not the artist. You are like I don't. I don't. I don't, you know all the art history more than I do. Sorry. So well, let Dave all, introduce the art history of Keith Haring. Well, that's all there is to it. I mean, he was discovered, quote unquote, by somebody who thought that his art would look good as a painting in a gallery. And then suddenly he had this huge career as a fine artist and his work was in galleries and it sold for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's yeah. all I want to, you know, that's all. It was a rag- No, I, I want the art background uh, always. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I was going to lead into also, um, you know, they're not just covers on Christmas albums, Keith Haring's. Keith Haring was a civil justice gay fighter for rights in a time when, you know, in the 70s, we didn't know what AIDS was. I wasn't born. I didn't know what AIDS was. Gay people were like, what the fuck is AIDS? We're just, everyone was just having unprotected sex in the 70s and a lot of cocaine, you know? <laughs> and then the AIDS crisis hit and suddenly it was this new monster, this new boogeyman. And we didn't know what to do. And people older than me have the, those real struggles, people who are gay. I'm not gay. My sexuality is uh, cocksexual, as I like to say. But um, <laughs> I'm an ally. I've, I've, you know. <laughs> I used to say strictly dickly, but I really like cocksexual because anyone could have a cock, boy, girl, you know. Not a player, but you're like the umpire. There you go. Yeah. The umpire. Look at not you with a sports smell. ball reference. Well, I was trying to think of an analogy. That was the only thing I could think of in the moment. It's not the best. No, I dig it. I'm from New York. I grew up with the Yankees and the Mets, so I like baseball. Okay. That's right. She has a sport. She is a sports ball person. Baseball. That's my favorite sport. Sports ball. Sports ball. All right. We are digressing. Yes, we are. Both Keith Haring and Freddie Mercury were some of the biggest gay icons, especially for HIV and AIDS awareness. And their work helped many, many generations of people. And Keith Haring had AIDS. You didn't mention that. You said he killed himself, but you didn't mention that he had AIDS as well. Oh, I apologize. That's That was a faux pas on my part. No problem. Keith Haring had AIDS as well, people. Yeah. and we're doing with this episode is exploring um, their astrology charts as Dave is going to explain a bit about medical astrology. And in our first episode, we gave you a brief breakdown of some astrological stuff just to get you acquainted. But, you know, you don't get any more tutorials the way I don't even know a lot of as much astrology as Dave. And I've been listening to him for 10 years talk about shit. And when he's like, oh, the moon is conjunct in the sixth house, which means blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, what does that mean? 
Yeah. I need it. I'm like, I need that in, in my language, not yours. What? I said, thanks for that wonderful imitation of me. You made me sound very... Uh, I wasn't trying to imitate you. I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, in the credits for this is the suicide uh, hotline. The suicide prevention lifeline number there is a there will be a number the email and the number the i'm sorry the website for a wonderful organization in philadelphia called siloam wellness which um focuses on wellness for hiv and aids patients and i have volunteered with them before i am certified in hospice and terminal illness and hiv massage and um, I hope to, they're doing teleconferencing energy healing right now, and I hope to be volunteering for that too. So not only is queer rights my biggest cause, but like I will go on the front lines, you know? Like I remember back in the 80s, the fucking with fucking Reagan, I'm sorry, I'm gonna rant about Reagan now. You know, it yeah, was just, right. they just didn't give a shit about us, yeah, you know? They just let them die. They didn't give a shit about anybody unless they were rich Republicans. I live exactly. I'm older than you. I remember all that. Yeah, you remember more than I do. I mean, yeah. I remember all the Nancy Reagan commercials with the anti-drug PNC. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, but the videos were cool. Like the chick diving into the empty pool. That shit was cool. I don't remember that one. It was good. It was dark. I remember the one with the eggs, the eggs in the frying pan and saying, this is your brain on drugs or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They did that a few different versions. Yeah. I like those too. Or you, Dad, I learned it by watching you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, any so anyway, I was a little too young to really fully grasp what was going on with the AIDS pandemic. Um. In 1990, when Freddie Mercury died, I do remember I was 12 going on 13, and I remember being absolutely devastated. My parents and I were watching the news. I was a Queen fan at that point. Yeah, I was you very know. sad too. I'm sure you were. You were at least in your uh, teens or 20s at that point. Yeah, right? and I, I, Queen has always been one of my favorite bands. And like I said before, Freddie's Same. always been one of my uh, public. Um, setting. <clears throat> yep. And I so mean, <clears throat> my voice is getting hoarse again. It's okay. Yeah. So You're fine. <clears throat> that was just something I noticed. Um, it really doesn't have a lot to do with his death. Um, no, but you also said Neptune is infection. I see in the notes. Yeah. Well, we already talked. I just talked about that. Is Saturn? Neptune can, can they're oh okay sorry I guess I just wrote a next note so next we have Pluto in the eleventh house in Leo and it's a singleton yes so singletons are planets that are not aspecting any other as any other planet and they're pretty rare actually usually every planet is is aspecting at least one other planet in a birth chart but. <clears throat> His Pluto, wait a minute, in 11th house, why did I say that? 
I don't know. Did I write it wrong? Is Pluto's actually in the 12th house? 12th house. That's even worse. <laughs> Isn't that the house of relationships? The 12th house? No. The 12th house is the last house in the zodiac, and that's the house that's ruled by Pisces or connected to Pisces. Every house has a planet or a sign or something. So he has Pluto in Pisces, really? Well, no, he has Pluto in Pisces house. So let me explain what that means. Oh. All right, Pluto means many things, um, but one of the big things it represents is death because in Roman mythology or Greek, I forget which one, Pluto is the god of death and he rules the underworld. So yeah, when Hades is Greek, Pluto is Roman. Oh, Pluto is Greek? No, Pluto is Roman and Hades is Greek. Hades didn't is you Greek. watch okay. Didn't you watch uh, that Hercules movie? Yeah, I get them mixed up. So <clears throat> here's the thing about it being a singleton and being in Leo. When you have a planet that's a singleton, sometimes it's very hard to be aware of that planet and, and be able to do something to change it. It often feels like something coming from outside of you and affecting you or persecuting you. And it's really in your chart, but it's hard to connect with it. So um, at the time that Freddie died, you know, in the 80s, there was a lot of promiscuity among gay people. There was a lot of sex with strangers, a lot of unprotected sex with strangers. And from what There's I know of Freddie's life, what's that? There still is people. Yeah, guys, just be safe. If you need to talk to someone, email me. I am the mom hag. Yeah. hugs anytime. It's still there, but now people don't automatic. It's not an automatic death sentence. But in the eighties, they didn't have the drugs, so it was pretty much an automatic death sentence if you got HIV. And it was now, awful. From what I know of Freddie's life, when he came out, he just like went ape shit going to bathhouses and just fucking like everything that moved. <laughs> and Freddie, I'm not saying this to put you down. I understand, you know, you are free to express your true self. But the Pluto being a singleton, I think that he didn't take the reality of AIDS seriously enough because his Pluto was a singleton. So he wasn't able to connect with the reality that, hey, this could kill you. Also, it being in Leo, Leo is a very self-centered um, sign. Leo is all about me, 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 me. So I think he also didn't think about AIDS in the wider perspective about how it's going to affect other people or about how he will be affected. I mean, how many did back then? I'm how sorry, many people? I'm sorry, how many people were thinking about that back then? I mean, it's interesting that you know, it's in his chart, but I, I just, there were so many lost souls. I know, but I decade. think that even after people started, and I'm just speculating on these people. Oh, yeah, I know. Everything about our show is speculation. Yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah. Obviously, just, I can't talk to him. But, you know, I am intuitive, too, so I use that along with the chart. And my feeling is that even when people started taking precautions, I think he still didn't take it as seriously as he should have. 
So that's what I get from that. Now here's my favorite part. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, let me read this. Saturn squaring Venus. Venus is in Libra, which means Freddie Mercury is really into sex, very promiscuous, or as Dave said, the king gay fuck god. <laughs> but I think I, we really need to change that to the queen gay fuck god. There you go. There you go. You're absolutely right. Yep. But, I just you know, that. <laughs> I was just remembering things I read about his life and how he was just he was so charismatic, you know, and people oh, just, yeah. like, every gay man wanted to sleep with him. So that's why oh, I called sure. him. That. Every straight woman wanted to sleep with him. Yeah, probably. that's why I called him the king gay fuck god. It's not an insult. It's No, it's a compliment. It's like Freddie Mercury is the king and the queen. Right. It's a compliment. Anyway, exactly. so like, like Mixie said, Saturn is squaring. We just talked about Saturn, how that's the physical body. And it's squaring, again, a difficult aspect, Venus. Now, Venus represents love, and it also can represent sex. He has his Venus in Libra. That means he hooked up with a lot of people, because Libra represents relationships with other people. So if you have Venus in Libra, one of the things that can mean is being in a loving or a sexual relationship with many different people. And yes. Again, since it's squaring Neptune, his Venus, which represents him having sex with a lot of people, was squaring his the, the, the um, planet that represent his body. So again, I saw that as indicative of him dying from an infectious disease, namely AIDS. Yes. Yes. So that's all I have to say about that. There's a all couple, right. Just to wrap up, there are these couple things in his chart where even if I didn't know, if there was somebody I didn't know, I would say, hey, be careful. Try, you know, not to get, not to catch anything, you know, because your chart shows you're very prone to infection. And uh, I would say be very careful, you know, with germs even if I didn't know who it was. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. good to mention. I like that. All right. So we are Keith Haring now. Keith Haring. We're up to Keith Haring. And uh, do you want to start by talking a bit about medical astrology? Sure. Um, Freddie Mercury's chart, I saw those things right away. But with Keith Haring, he has a much more complex chart. There's a lot more aspects. Um, going on and they're all sort of tangled up. So I was looking at it and I was like trying to find a starting point for um, you know things that would show uh, you know his vulnerability um, physically. So what I did was I looked up um, medical astrology because that's something I've been aware of but I never really used it. Basically, it's just using all the symbols of the chart to um, to find out what the person's medical uh, profile is like. So in medical astrology, each planet represents like a different part of the body and 
you know, mm -hmm. obstacles represent different types of illnesses. Um, so I it's saw, almost, I'm sorry, you wanted to say something? I was going to say it's almost like meridians with acupuncture. Yeah. Point. Definitely. And Ayurvedic healing and all that. Yeah, you know, I think in, I think they use this more in Ayurveda than they do in Western astrology. I think in, yeah. the Middle, in the Middle Ages they used it a lot, but in Western astrology, I don't think they use this too much anymore. Yeah, but, I'm an Ayurveda healer, guys. I will balance the fuck out of your chakras. So anyway, so I read a little bit, and it said that um, medical astrologers look at the moon, the sun, and the rising sign are the most important planets to them. So I looked at his moon and I saw, okay, his moon is really majorly afflicted. Did I explain what that means? Uh, well, I think you could kind of guess with the word affliction. Yeah, it just means it's not, a, it's in a bad sign or a bad house or it has some very difficult aspects to it. So it's not really working in a positive way. So, <clears throat> um, in medical so, astrology, go ahead. I was going to say his moon is afflicted in Scorpio, ruled by Pluto, which, as we know, is death. Right. But I wanted to say one other thing about medical astrology first. Oh, um, pardon. In medical astrology, um, the moon represents illnesses that come from repressed emotion. And being a gay person in the 80s, probably had most gay people probably had to stuff and repress a lot of their emotions because you know the larger society saw them as something bad saw them as something you know unnatural yeah. and and you know somebody they should go beat up for being gay or kill even it's not like uh, today. there's much more tolerance for being gay today for all you young listeners in the 80s, you did not want average people to know you were gay or they would insult you, be cruel to you, beat you up, or even kill you just for being gay. And unfortunately, it still happens. But not as much. Not as much, right? Yeah. Okay. I hope so. And then there the has been, with the new wave of, you know, now that... Uh, don't even say I guess. What? Name. No, I've never be spoken. <laughs> I'm not saying a name. Okay. I was reading an article on David Hyde Pierce the other day because Brian, my co-parent, and I are re-watching every episode of the Titus show. And um, David Hyde Pierce's husband helped create the show. So I'm reading an article, and I just ADD'd out what my point was all right go on i'll think of it okay. this is the kind of professional quality on our podcast yes. you can expect i'll forget something and then i'll remember like three hours later yeah well you know neither of us we both like to talk we both... i just remembered yeah we do that. like to talk so he like was saying how when what i said you like to talk too bitch I do. I'm a talking bitch. You are. You talk like fucking all the time. 
I know. I never shut the fuck up. We're friends because we basically. I know. It's awesome. All we could do is talk. It's like in a best in show. We can talk all day or not talk at all. We both like soup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. So David Hyde Pierce was talking about how in the beginning, uh, getting married to his husband first he did it in california then it wasn't legal in california then it was legal in california and then it was legal everywhere and and then the beautiful blossoming of the transgender community finally had a way to come out and it was beautiful and he was saying that and you know obviously what has come after has been a lot more violence unfortunately but I mean, it did create an outlet for the more uh, under, you know, the not noticed factions of the LGBTQIA that need to be Uh taken more seriously. Yeah. And I'm soapbox done. Sorry, guys. I'm just big on gay rights. No, that's all right. You can get up on your uh, soapbox. It's our fucking podcast. We can say whatever we want. I know, yeah. I don't want to bore people, though. I don't That's ever want to be boring. That's not boring. You're never boring. Thank you. If there's one person I know who's not boring, it's you. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, um, All right, keep pairing. So one other thing I wanted to say about the moon and medical astrology is the moon also represents immune system disorders, which, of course, is what HIV and AIDS are. So... <clears throat> His moon is in Scorpio. Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, so Scorpio represents death. So right there, you have something that would indicate that he could die of an infectious disease. But he also has his moon squaring Mars in Pisces. So the Mars represents, among other things, your physical vitality. But again, it's in Pisces. And as I explained before, Pisces dissolves things. It breaks them down. It it destroys them so that something new can be born. So a planet like Mars, which is all about physical vitality and strength and stamina, is not going to do well in the sign of Pisces. So he has this afflicted Mars, which is going to affect his physical health. And that is squaring his moon, which is also an afflicted planet that's going to affect his physical health. Yeah. And then you came up with that pretty line, Pisces wants to fade into Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that down. I'm like, that's a pretty line. I'm using it in a song. Yeah, that's what I said. Pisces, Pisces, really Piscean people, they like, don't want to be here. They don't want to be in the physical world. They yearn for some other type of world where there isn't the pain of the physical world. You know, I had a friend who was a Pisces and he used to say that all the time. Like, well, you know, that's interesting. Cause... Go ahead. What? No, well, that's interesting. My... <laughs> this you go us. first. Okay, people, this is us. You go first. Here's your cue. Here's my finger. Right. You... I had a friend who was in Pisces and he said that all the time. And whenever something bad happened to him, he's like, I don't want to be here. And we both believed in reincarnation. He, he would always say, 
after this, I'm not coming back. So I've known people who said that too. Yeah. I'm definitely coming back as either a tree, a crow, or a cat because if I'm a crow, I could scream a lot and steal shiny things. If I'm a house cat, I could sleep all day and eat. And if I'm a tree, I'd be able to heal people way more than I can in the confines of a human body. Which human bodies overrated, even though I am a massage therapist and an anatomy like freak, yeah. human bodies way overrated. All righty, so okay, I had one more thing here about one um, more thing: Moon squaring Pluto in first house Leo. Okay, yeah. So besides the two things which I just said, he also has it squaring <coughs> Pluto which again is death and yeah, it's also right. in the first house. So I don't know a lot about Keith Haring, but I have a feeling he may have had some sort of fascination or obsession with death. I could be completely wrong. That's just speculation, but I know it makes before, sense because you said about Freddie Mercury's first house, your first house is so part of you exactly. and you don't even realize it till a certain time. Right, exactly. So maybe he was always obsessed with death and, you know, he yeah. decided. So Chiron is all about healing. So <clears throat> it may be that one of the karmic things he had to do in this life was struggle against death or struggle against illness. Mm -hmm. That might have been one Definitely. of his things that he had to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so now we're up to the comparisons. Well, we and, uh, yeah, it's, I, it, what, it wasn't a compa comparison as much as our last one. No, no, I am only saying comparison for a lack of better word, guys. Okay. When we come up with our comparison, we uh, Dave looks at the chart to see what things they may have in common or right. not in common that are uh, something that is a common thread to, um, uh, uh, regardless of the determinant. Okay, you're right. Yes, we look for a common thread. And our common thread was they were both people whose death from AIDS helped people on a very wide, large scale to um, not be afraid to come out, not be afraid to get treatment, to legislate or to, to um, lobby for legislation to help people with AIDS. If these two big these, these guys were big celebrities and their dying of AIDS helped so many people to take it more seriously and do something about it. So, um, in Freddie's chart, uh, I looked at Uranus. It's back when, um, Uranus, should we, can I talk about Uranus? Yeah. Let me just say what it means though. Back in the old days, when, when people used to see the chart as being black and white, good or bad, there was no like in between, there was no gray. Um, Uranus was traditionally a representation of the likelihood of being homosexual. So oh yeah, that's right. That, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And uh, just a quick disclaimer, we at Fight Cusp right. realized the pun 
that you can use with your anus and homosexual tendencies. We ask you kindly to refrain not to, as we have always both pronounced Uranus as they do in, say, England, or correctly. Yeah. Not exactly. your anus. Right. So, there. There's the joke. You got it's the joke. people. Not Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> we should... I'm going to ask my gay best friend now. Baby Cakes, do you have any Uranus in your chart? And he'll be like, oh. Well, everybody, yeah. has, everybody has Uranus in their chart because it's a planet. I know. I'm just teasing. You can All ask, right. You could say, what sign is Uranus in? Or, or you could say, where's What Uranus? sign is Uranus in? And that's the episode description for this episode. Or you could just say, where's Uranus? No, chart. I like the first one. What was right. the first one? All right, so getting back to, to Freddie Mercury. Okay. So his Uranus is opposite his moon. Now, moon represents, among other things, what makes you feel safe and comfortable. Now, since it's an opposition, that makes me think that Freddie struggled with whether he should come out or not. He was not comfortable being... Uh, closeted and I know this for a fact because I've read books about Freddie Mercury and this yeah you have a lot of knowledge of him yeah more than Keith Haring I don't know a lot about him but I know a lot about Freddie because I'm a music junkie and when I'm into a band I'll just like read everything I can about them but anyway so he was this tells me he was very uncomfortable with being closeted and um also <clears throat> Uranus is in his 10th house. Now, the 10th house represents the mark you make on the world, like what your influence is on the wider society. So, <clears throat> he also had the North Node um, in the 10th house. And just real quickly, the nodes, the North Node means like what you need to learn in this life, what you need to do in this life, karmically to like progress spiritually to grow spiritually and then the south node represents like where you've been and what you need to let go of so he had his uranus and his north node in the 10th house of influence on the wider society so that tells me that <clears throat> the good thing that came out of his dying of AIDS is that so many people felt safe enough to come out because Freddie did it. And as I said before, people felt safer to lobby for legislation and, you know, put more money into finding a cure for AIDS. So his, his death was not in vain. He really no. influenced society greatly, even though I don't know if he consciously meant to do that, but that's what happened. Yeah. And, um, so back to the early mid nineties, um, when I was in high school, finally in, uh, you know, seventh grade, well, that's not high school. My high school was seventh or 12th. So, yeah. you know, I had all these older music influences. And then when, you know, when I got to this huge school, I don't, I mean, because I've always had this thing about fighting for gay people, I, uh, it turned out in high school, like, 
all my friends were the closeted gay guys who were getting used to just coming out. Like guys, even in the nineties, the shit was hard. Yeah, even in the a 90s, lot of friends of mine had to hide a lot. Yeah. And then didn't hide when they had the bravery to come out. They were fucking ostracized and sure. that shit should fucking happen ever. Sorry. Well, I, th I do think things are getting better. There's still a lot of hostility, but people yeah. aren't being killed left and right for being gay like they were in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Even just in, in the media and TV shows and movies, there's a lot more acceptance of how media's always been pretty liberal. Yeah. And so they, now, they. Yeah. Go ahead. Now I'm, I was going to introduce the last one, which I thought was interesting uh, for Freddie. His oh. Uranus shines three Libras. Oh, which, right. right. Well, with the interesting thing I thought, and I didn't look up the meaning of the song before, I should have, but Tool has a song called Three Libras or Perfect yeah. Circle. I don't know. Maynard has a song called Three Libras, and Maynard yeah. is all about the, you know, the Alex Gray psyche, youngian right. into the self, and that's what we're right. into. And I thought three Libras. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if Maynard has some astrological tendencies. Yeah. Well, Libra, among other things, is about taking care of someone else. It's about caring about the other person you're in relationship with, or a group of people even, and. Freddie Mercury, not only does he have the, those three um, those three planets in Libra's trining his Uranus, he has two more planets in Libra. So he has five planets in Libra. So that's, you know, he was definitely born to be a performer, uh, to be a flamboyant performer. And it, oh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> so, but also, since it's... Um, since it's um, trining his, his Uranus, which represents his homosexuality, when he came out, he did it in a flamboyant way and was in everybody's face about it. Not in a bad way, but he just like gloried in being gay when he finally came out. And, you know, he would go on stage with his leather daddy outfit, you know, and he, he always dressed in some sort of very homoerotic way when he was on stage so i just thought that all of that leading you know his toothy voice was so cool i mean his voice was a different animal than his singing because he he was so toothy and british oh yeah and the opera part comes in darling i know, you know the first time i heard him speak i was like oh my god who are you he was very toothy very, very soft-spoken sort of clipped you know, very uh -huh. British way. And then he gets so on stage. So British. Right. He gets on stage and he's just fucking a force of nature. La. Guys, you think we like Freddie Mercury or what? I think <laughs> we like him. We like Freddie, my friends. Yeah, this whole thing has been a tribute to Freddie Mercury, so. Pretty much. All right, so let's but get who's going to disagree with it? I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of Fuck, people. all my friends like I love Freddie. Who don't even like music, and that blows my mind. Like, how can you not like music? 
but whatever. I know people who don't like Star Wars, and I'm like, okay, you have your, you know, your. I never said I didn't like it. I saw the first. No, not you. Not you. I just meant I've met other people who have never even seen any Star Wars stuff and are completely content with that. And I'm like, that's cool. It's interesting. Well, me and Mixie like no Star Wars. Yeah, me and Mixie are both big music junkies, and Mixie is a really good singer. I like to sing too. I'm not as good as her, but I'm okay at singing. Um, My parents were musicians. Mixie's dad was a musician. So music is really important to us. That's why we're just like, we're like sucking Freddie's dick here, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, if Freddie asked you to suck his dick, would you really say no? Yeah, I would, because I'm just not into I know it. you would, because that's not your thing. But, but if I was a guy or a girl, I would I'd suck Freddie. I'd that he wanted me to. Yeah. And then maybe you could be like, let's have a drink instead. And yeah. you could get <laughs> I'll find you somebody else to suck your dick. All right, let's get let's finish up with let's, Keith. Let's finish up. All okay, right. So we're, we're up to Keith. He only has the two points. One right. point. He, I, I found less in Keith Herring's chart about his influence as a gay man, but one of them is his Uranus is in the twelfth and it's squaring his son in the tenth house so if you remember um the 10th house is the house where you make your mark on the world where you have the influence on the world but it's squaring his uranus so i'm speculating that he had an identity crisis not like i don't think freddie had a uh freddie didn't doubt he was gay he was just conflicted about coming out but Keith, I think, was very conflicted on a deep level. Again, this is just speculation because I've never really read a book about him or anything. But yeah. just from this, just from this configuration, because the sun represents the self, and his Uranus represents being gay, and they're squaring each other. So I think he struggled with being gay on a deep level. Like, is it okay to be gay? Am I really gay? Should I try to not be gay? My speculation is that that's what's been going on with him. But he did come out, and when he did come out, he was, as Bixie has told me, a big gay activist. Correct? Yes, yes. Yes, he was a big gay activist. Up and see, he's so done many things. He finally let his son be what defined him. And when you, when you have a, a good, a well-placed son, that means you're able to express who you really are and you can do it in a very grand way so that other people are inspired by you. If you have a strong son, whatever you are, whoever, whatever you're about, you inspire other people who are like you. Because as I've said before, um, son, uh, positive son is I'm great and so are you. And if you can't see how great you are, I'm going to show you. That's positive sun. That's that's one of the first lessons you taught me about my Leo rising. You said motto is, I rock and so do you. And that's been my motto ever since you told me that. Exactly. And if you don't see it, I'm going to show you. They're like emotional cheerleaders. 
So I guess that's what I call myself, an emotional cheerleading. Yeah, cheerleading. I call myself that sometimes too. So again, Keith Haring's um, illness and death were not in vain because it gave him the impetus to accept himself as he was because when gays were mostly closeted, I'm sure a lot of them had inner conflicts about being gay. And oh, yeah. He came out with the message, it's okay to be gay. You know, don't worry about it. If you're gay, you're gay. Like, revel in it, shine, let your gay flag yeah. fly, you know? And guys, the fight's never over. We still have to constantly remind people that are dumb that, that this is natural. For yeah. fuck's sake. Even in the animal world, there are hom there's homosexuality. Yeah, exactly. Organic beings are multisexual. For fuck's sake. Even if you right. Yeah. I'll stop getting mad about fucking homophobes and transphobes. Yeah. Fuck it's you fun. all, homophobes and transphobes. <laughs> There you go. It doesn't matter uh, to me. Okay, and that concludes uh, episode... What? No, I was just going to say, I, I'm against anybody who persecutes someone for being different. Exactly. Gay, and we're going to get into many more examples about yeah. that. Just No matter wait. what you are, if someone is persecuting you because you're different from them, that's no good. That's not okay with me. Yeah, wait, wait till the Jew joke Dave created for me when we have our Nazi episode. We're allowed, we're both Jewish-ish. Yeah, we're allowed to say inappropriate yeah. things about our... You guys background. won't see that joke till season two, but it's a yeah. banger. A banger. All right. Is that a Britishism, a banger? Yeah. Okay, I never heard that one. I, I adopt a lot of stuff from my friends in England. It's I keep modern with the, the British lingo. I try to. It's massive, it is. Well, let's crack Anybody on. Anybody, darlings? What? Let's crack on. We're cracking on, then, with our corking good episode two, Who Wants to Live Forever, by my personal favorite one of my personal favorite musicians, Freddie Mercury, and the wonderful Keith Haring. Please look them up if you don't know much about them. They were incredibly inspiring and beautiful, legendary figures that will live on forever. They're timeless. And um, that's it for Fight Cuss. Praise or great dislike questions or comments, you can email fightcusp at gmail.com. Astrological readings by Dave or intuitive card readings, you can email him at kernunos1963 at gmail.com. All of these notes that I'm reading now are at the end of every episode, so you have the correct spellings. Okay. Title art by our good friend John Sprague at caricatoons at gmail.com. Content creation by my my girl at avantgardenmediaphl.com. The Mad Maniac is brought to you by himself, but uh, he is Hack the Plastic at blogspot, blogspot.com, blogspot. And um, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, siloamwellness.org. They are one of the only HIV wellness facilities 
in the fucking world. Oh wait, you're gonna have this. You're gonna have this written out on a card or something so people can see the spelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I said two minutes ago when you weren't paying attention to I me. I was paying attention. I didn't hear that it would be written out though. Of course, because you're old. Yeah, exactly. I'm old. <laughs> All right, guys. Lovely talking to you again. You'll see us next week with our episode, The Poets. Who can that be about? T.S. Eliot?